excited to, to be back obviously for the next season um obviously you got the uh handsome co-host matt hillman over there looking looking sharp it looked like you got some good some uh, some good beverages next to him i do um so as some of you guys uh that listened to the first episode uh might know got an amazing new sponsor so this episode of the Lighthearted Podcast is brought to you by Great Goose Vodka and drinkgreatgoose.com. Um, who doesn't love Great Goose, especially during the holiday times? It's the best time of the year. And yeah, it's the- been a obviously it's been a weird year for all of us, but you know the holidays are a time to you know come together and be thankful. Um, so I'm you know I'm really grateful uh, for my family. Um, I'm just grateful for you know the fact that. Uh, you know, we're still standing at the end of this, this, this year. And I think, you know, like I said, I think the holidays are just an important time to reflect and, uh, you know, gray goose is an amazing way to do that. Um, you know, we got to ch- hang out, chill, sip, a t- sip a tasty drink, um, and, and make a, you know, a holiday cocktail only with the best vodka. Our go-to cocktail is the gray goose holiday punch. It is the best cocktail to toast all the good things about the holiday season. Um, and the best part is gray goose is actually making it easier than ever to enjoy that cocktail and you don't even need to leave your house to make it. Um, see, Josh is Josh is lazy, so I know that he, he really likes that. I think he, we had him at, you don't have to leave your house. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't you say you don't have to leave your house and you can do it at the house? I'm all in because I'm a homebody. Yep. So All you have to do is drink Grey Goose Vodka. Go to drinkgreygoosevodka.com. And in one click, you can have a Grey Goose Holiday Punch cocktail kit delivered directly to your door. And it'll come with everything you need to make you know your favorite holiday punch. Um, so you can impress your quarantine crew, your family, you could be an at-home bartender, uh, and it'll be pretty easy. Sip responsibly, imported by Grey Goose Importing Company, Coral Gables, Florida. Vodka is 40% alcohol by volume and distilled from French wheat. Cheers from the lighthearted podcast family to yours. And once again, shout out to our sponsor, Grey Goose. Thank you. And uh, let's get into the episode. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. We are back. Um, obviously, got my co-host with me, uh, Matt Hillman, myself, and our, our special guest, Ryan Sazier. Um, I'm really excited. This is actually the perfect week to do this. And Ryan, you don't know why, but I'm a big Washington fan. And we whooped <laughs> y'all ass this week. <laughs> yeah, that's trash. I was, I was oh, waiting. That's crazy. Right when we hopped in the Zoom call, like, yeah, should I say something? I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm yeah, going to wait so we get this on recording. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yeah, oh, it's, man. My, my, uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool, man. I, like, we had a, I, I, I'm cool with taking the L of y'all. You know, like, it's, even though y'all ain't going to make the playoffs. So. <laughs> We have all all we've been through been through as like Washington football fans. We we need we need something to hold on to. You know, you guys you guys have had enough. No, nah, it just like I'm gonna be honest. Like our team is going through a lot in these last few weeks. So it was just like like we were bound to lose one of these games just because of all the bullshit that we've been dealing with. Like it's been so much COVID stuff going on around our team, and it's like it's not even our team's fault. It's everybody else's team's fault, but we have to deal with it. And yeah, y'all been move games been moving back. Like I don't know how y'all do it, bro. Because obviously our our ourselves about to start up, but yeah. y'all's like I think what that that game was moved 
You had someone that, that moved. That game was moved three times. Three yeah. times, like, bro. Yeah. Like at that point, I'm just like, yo, you know what? Let's just let's just cancel the game. At this, yeah. at this point, if we gotta move the game, we gotta cancel it. Yeah, yeah, it was moved. It was it was Thursday, then it moved to Tuesday, then it moved to Wednesday. Yeah, I, I almost thought that it was gonna forfeit it, but the thing is, not forfeit it, but it was gonna cancel the game. But you can't cancel the game because uh, if you cancel it, then they don't get paid. So it was like they're not uh, canceling that game. <laughs> damn, damn, yeah. The, the, the Broncos <laughs> game was wild. No, that was wild too. But that was wild. But, but yeah. the thing is, the thing is, that's their fault. Like. You know, yes. you should you should know not to. Obviously, nobody wants to wear a mask. I don't like wearing a mask, and you trust the people around you. You know what I'm saying? But you can't you cannot just be nobody wear a mask, and you know you know how strict everything is right now. You know, like Josh, did y'all have to wear a mask in the bubble? Like walking around? Yeah, we got to wear a mask. Literally, no, we had to wear a mask the whole time unless we we're in our room. That's crazy. And we weren't well, allowed not, to be in it's, each, it's not each crazy, other's bro. room. Oh, y'all weren't. Nah, like we like we could like we technically couldn't be in each other's room. Uh, I mean, obviously people were in each other's rooms and all that, but yeah, nah, it was you got you had to wear so a mask. Like, so the time like y'all can like spend time together would be like if y'all like going fishing or like on the mm-hmm. rides and stuff. Yeah, that or like they had restaurants there, and obviously you could take your mask off for the most part when you when you're eating and all that. But that was about it. So that's why that's why honestly why we ain't really have. No case. I mean, yeah, whatever nothing, they did worked. Yeah, luckily nothing came in, and then we were do, just doing that. And no, but the thing is, uh, it's going definitely. Somebody definitely going to catch COVID this year because y'all ain't doing no. Yeah, we have. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised because they just came out actually today with saying uh, there was 541 players tested for like training camp. Because with training camp rosters, like you guys, you got to have more people than you make cuts or whatever. So out of 541, only eight tested positive. So it's actually wild. I, sometimes I'd be thinking they'd be lying, bro, because I'm like, yo, ain't no way only eight eight people tested positive. Yeah. But hey, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I, I know I I like I don't know like the ba- basketball atmosphere like I know the football atmosphere, but I know somebody mm. that might goddamn COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that man moving around like crazy right now. <laughs> For yeah. sure. I think you already know who I'm talking about. Hey, man, I, I know. I just ain't saying no name. Yeah, no, nah, you good. I ain't saying no name either. <laughs> I think everybody else would know. No, nah, but, nah, but that's crazy that y'all only had eight people because, like, for instance, the Ravens had 20 people on their team. It was only 60 people or 70 people in the whole building. You know what I'm saying? So That's crazy. Remember, was it the, uh, the Marlins in baseball that, like, damn near their whole team had it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they had to cancel some of their games at the beginning <laughs> of the season. Yeah, that's 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 but, it, but they made a lot of rules for y'all, right? Like y'all can't y'all can't like go out and stuff. Yeah, like we can't like it's like no clubs, no bars. Um, supposed to be only rest, go to restaurants that are out like outdoors or like a private dining area. When we're on the road, they got like approved restaurants. Is that enforceable that. by like suspension? Like what what are the <sighs> I don't really know, but you know, I'm I'm on my rookie contract, so I'm not trying to find out. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's gonna be I mean, obviously it's gonna be really hard for them to force, you know, a bunch of yeah. 18, 19, 20 year olds to to not go out and do whatever. So um uh I'm I'm very curious because like you see the footballs 
like, oh, like we're gonna like random time we're gonna have to shut down our facility for a day or two days at a time because like we might have like a scare or something like that. So it's bound to happen, I think, with every team, but hopefully it's just whoever minimizes it. So we'll see. But that's crazy. Um so so Ryan, just to kind of give you just kind of walk through about, you know, Larry podcast, you know, uh, you know, just something that me and Matt did just to kind of have have fun with it, have people um, who are at the top of the field, top of their profession, just kind of chit chat about their, their story, their background, you know, going, you know, growing up, you know, household and all that. And that's kind of where they are now. So yeah. um, that's kind of what we want to kind of dive in with you. And I think we, you got an amazing story. Um, so kind of just opening it, you know, that part of it up, like just kind of talking about like your childhood, you know, what was the household, like yeah. siblings, parents, yeah. those kind of things. Oh uh, yeah, you know. So you know, I grew up uh, in a household with my mom and dad. Uh, I had one brother, um, and I and I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, my dad was a pastor growing up, so you know, I'm pretty big in the church, and uh, I have a pretty good relationship with God. You know, sometimes I think like everybody get tested here and there, but uh, I, f- I have a good relationship with God. Uh, you know, my whole life, man, I always just been like really good at football and like kind of decent or bad at everything else. Like, because when I play basketball, like, for instance, I always play basketball at, like, a full speed pace. And, like, basketball is more of, like, a, like a you know, you it's a burst. Like, you know, you have yeah. to burst at certain times. Finesse. I, yeah, it's a lot of finesse. And I always played it, like, football <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. with your full speed with it. So it's just, yeah, like... Yeah, that's how I play with it, bro. That's all, that's, that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like... And uh, so I was always like a, a little too rough when I was playing football, I mean, basketball and stuff like that. So I always been playing football. Um, and I, I just been grinding at it since I was a kid, man. Uh, then when I, uh, so about five years old, I was like diagnosed with alopecia. So that's why I've been like, everybody see me ball is like, this is not really a choice. You know, I was kind of born like this. And since I was five, I've been bald ever since. And then uh, it's kind of been something that's kind of been motivating me, though, because, you know, the fact uh, I'm so different growing up is like you have to find something that helps you be good, like that makes that want you, you want to be good at. And I, that's how I was with football. I was like, man, I might be a little different in this, but I can be good at football or like, and then I always had a, like my family background was always solid. So it was, I never really had to like worry about people joking on me and things like that. One, because I was always confident in myself, but two, I was like normally bigger than most kids, you know? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you're not joking on a kid yep. that's bigger than you, you know? Go so, say something. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, then pretty much the whole, the whole time I just been, I was just chilling, man. I, I just had a, I had a pretty good childhood. I, you know, I, I just love sports. So if I ever got in trouble, I got it. Everything else taken away from me but my sport, you know, I think that's how most of us are. And then, um, then when I got to high school, you know, um, I, I thought I was pretty, you know, I thought I was pretty good. But then I started getting offers, uh, like my sophomore year in high school, and uh, and I always uh, the thing that was crazy, I always wanted to go to Florida State. I grew up in Florida. I wanted to go to Florida State. And the thing that was cool, my first offer was Florida State. You know, so I was like, damn, like I can actually go to my favorite school. But then. Um, I actually started like really diving in, like what's the best school for me, you know? And then I ended up going to uh, Ohio State because they ended up being a better school for me. Uh, and I, I, I was about to go to Florida at first, 
But then Coach Meyer was there, and he decommitted. I mean, he resigned. So then I decommitted because I was like, I'm not about to go to a school with an unsure coach, you know. So I ended up going to Ohio State. Then we had a rough year the first year because they suspended a bunch of guys. Then my second year, Coach Meyer come in, we go undefeated. And then uh, my third year, I already went into the season, like pretty much telling my family, hey, if I have anything close, relatively <laughs> close <laughs> to this year, I'm out. And, uh, <laughs> and then I ended up, I ended up having a, even a better year. And Did, uh, did you have pressure? Because obviously you said your dad, your dad was a pastor. So like, obviously, just, I mean, just talking to you now, I can tell yeah. how, you know, how much of like a kind of positive, upbeat kind of person you are. Did he kind of help, you know, instill a lot of those characteristics in you? Yeah, my dad and my mom, like, sort of really positive mindset and just, like, positive personality. I get all that from my mom, you know, like, because she's just a really positive person. No matter what you're going through, she's always just, all like, she's always positive. It doesn't matter what it is. But my dad, he's somebody that always really thinks through every situation, thinks through everything. So when it came to choosing colleges, uh, my dad was one of the guys, like, you're not choosing colleges because of, what uniforms they have, or just because they're their favorite teams, or just any of that that BS. Because you know, some guys really choose schools for that. You know, and you know, and my dad was like, "No, we're gonna really figure out. Like, you're good at football, so we're gonna really figure out what's the best school for you." And so we end up visiting a bunch of different schools. Then we looked at every depth chart and see what what depth chart had more linebackers, less linebackers. What was far from home? What was close from home? Like, would I be willing to be away from home? Like we really looked into all that, and then when it went to when I went to Ohio State, I talked to my dad my sophomore year, and I was like, "Dad, if I have another year like this, I'm leaving. I don't care if I go third round. Like I'm out here, you know." And he was like, "Ryan, like whatever decision you make, I'm with you." And the thing that's kind of cool about my dad was that he was the chaplain of the Dolphins at the time, so uh, he was a lot of times. Obviously, he's the chaplain, so there, most time people talk to him about spiritual what's going on spiritually. But the thing that was cool about my dad, like sometimes he'll go to the head coach or the GM there at the time. It was like, uh, you know, my son is, you know, he's in he's in high school right now. And, uh, you know, he's, he's doing pretty well. Then he told him I was going to Ohio State. And then uh, he was like, man, I, I kind of want some of y'all guidance. So he actually went to them and was like, hey, if you, uh, if you was my son, like who are some of the good agents or who are some of the uh, – like what, are, what? Like what do you see in my son? Like do you think it's a possibility? Obviously, they don't say yeah, he can leave or nothing. But they kind of gave him a little bit of insight about decision making. Like they told him like a lot of guys leave early just because they want to leave and if they're good enough. But you have to really look into a lot of different things before you leave for school because sometimes you might be the best kid in college, but you're just not ready for the NFL just because your body or your mental, you know and and, like, my dad had me really think about all that stuff. Like, I remember right when I left high school and right before I went to college, my dad said he talked to the GM at the Dolphins at the time. And he was like – he told my dad, he was like, tell Ryan, no matter how good he is, like, we like we, we know what type of player he is from the, his freshman year of high school pretty much until he leaves college. And I was like, what you mean? He was like, man – everybody's going to tell the truth about you. Like, you're going to go, they're going to go to your college. They're going to go to your elementary. They're going to go to your high school. I'm like, hey, what type of guy is this? You know, he was like, uh, Ryan, he's, and then this is the way he said it because I was in high school. He was like, Ryan, you know how you take out the garbage? And I was like, yeah. He was like, it's a lot easier to take out the garbage that barely got anything in it, right? 
And he, I was like, yeah. He was like, it's a lot. It's a lot more difficult when it's a lot of baggage. You it's like, a good, it's, it's a good analogy. Like, that's a great yeah, analogy. Great analogy. And, and I was like, and he was like, he was like, uh, professional teams, they will deal with your baggage until they don't need you anymore. You know. And he was like, if you're super good, they'll take all the baggage you got. But at the end of the day, it's still some baggage that they they won't accept. But if you, he's like, but if you're good and you have no baggage, you can be equally as good as somebody else. They're gonna take you just they're because they don't want to do, they don't want to deal with other stuff. And then he told me that, and I was like, man, I'm not about to get in no trouble. I'm about to just <laughs> my face clean as possible so I can get my opportunities. You know? Yeah. When you were um, in high school and your dad was a, a chaplain for the Dolphins, did that? Were you sort of hanging around the facility at all? And were you like, because you conduct yourself like a true professional? And I'm wondering, were you exposed to that from like a young age that sort of instilled that in you? No, I would go there sometime, but my dad was like a part-time chaplain. He wasn't because he didn't go to away games and things like that because he still had a church. Um, but I would go sometime, but I didn't want to be, you know, overwhelming or because at the end of the day, I, I obviously I was in high school, but and, and two, the Dolphins were never my team. So it's like, <laughs> so like I would watch games, we can go to games, but I was never pressed like, hey, I want to go to a game or like I want to see the guy like my dad would say, hey, you know, Carlos, he might want to talk to you or something like that just to, to give you, like, just to stay focused or something. But I never was like, man, let me just go and hang out. Like, you know, I probably should have just to get a, a more professional look on things. But I, I was set in my head, like, they weren't winning at the time at all. About say, like, they were yeah. always black. They <laughs> yeah, were so always black. <laughs> so I was like, man, it's like, I'm in high school. It's like, I'm not about to waste black. I'm not, like, we say, like, 45, like, 40 minutes from there. So I'm like... I'm not about to drive down from practice, though. Go hang out with these dudes, and they're, like, not winning. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it wasn't, like, trying to be a butthole, but it was like, man, I'm not, like, I, I just, they were never my team, so it was never a press for me to be want to be there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious to hear more about the experience at Ohio State. I mean, I've actually been spending a lot of time in, in Columbus lately, um, and it's an awesome city, by the way. But, like, a buddy of mine has a – he owns a fitness studio there, and he was like, yeah, we don't even teach classes on Saturdays because – no one would show up. No, like it's no. it's game day, and no. and I originally thought that like the 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 city was just kind of the university, but there's a lot no. going on outside of it, and the whole city rallies behind you guys because they don't have an NFL team. Yeah, so Columbus is is actually I think bigger than New Orleans. Like yeah, Columbus, it's a million. It's a damn near a million people. Columbus is that big? Yeah, Columbus is the fifteenth biggest city in the U.S. Yeah, I just bought some real estate there actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. It's the fifteenth. It's the fifteenth biggest city in the U.S. So like. The thing is, like, Columbus is, like, almost on, like, Ohio State is almost on, like, a UCLA type of vibe. Like, it's, but it's, like, dead flap in the middle of the city, you know? So, like, like, so pretty much everything goes around Ohio State in the main drive of Ohio, like, the main road on Ohio State campus is the main road that goes through downtown. Yeah. Is that High Street? Yeah, and that's High Street. And our our school has 65,000 people. So, it's... Like so, it's like a mini college. It's like a mini town within a, like a huge town, you know. So, yeah, I think my I think my school had like three thousand people, maybe. Yeah, yeah Carnegie Mellon. Yeah, that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, we, what we was playing? There. We had about ten. You know what I mean? <laughs> what was uh, what? I mean? What what was playing in that stadium like? Man, it was pretty cool, man. Like it, the, one one of the biggest reasons I went to Ohio State. I, I like I liked Ohio State because. A lot of it, because Josh can tell you, and you can just, you know this too, it's like, when you go to different schools and different cities and things like that, the people are totally different. You know, it's like, when, when like SEC schools, they reminded me of a lot of dudes where I'm from and like, 
And it was like more like like they were rowdier and things like that. But I was just like, man, that's not the type of vibe I'm trying to get when I go to school right now. Like, and, and you know, and when I went to a house, and, and it's cool, but I was just like, that's not the type of vibe I'm trying to get. Because I could, I literally could have went to any school I wanted to. So, so then I went to Ohio State, and I was, I really started spending time with people. And I'm like, man, these dudes really like, are, like seem like good, genuine people. Like, and like I, I could grow up and be cool with, you know. And then it's like, man, and then I'm at the I'm at the best school up north. There ain't no school even close to relatively being as good as Ohio State up north. Like the other schools are good, but like if you just look at the track record, we're constantly winning. You know, so it was like if I leave to go up north, at least I'm gonna go to a school that's winning. And I just I, I just loved it there. So when playing in that stadium, it was amazing because growing up north, being from the south, it, it's it's tough because you, the cold weather, you know, so to be able to actually play in the front of a hundred thousand people and then get used to like football weather, what people up north say, like fifty degrees and forty degrees, and actually playing a football game in it, it kind of acclimated me for playing in Pittsburgh. So right. I was kind of, I was kind of excited about that, you know. And then, like, I would never play in front of a, well, even when I was healthy, like I would never play in front of one hundred and ten thousand fans again. Like in the pros, the biggest stadium in the pros is Dallas. And then like all these new stadiums like LA and stuff like that, but like their 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 hundred and ten thousand fans isn't like a college hundred. Nah, way different. Yeah, you know, so it's it, it, just the atmosphere. You're just like, dang, like man, you're always gonna have a rowdy atmosphere. You always know you have like you're gonna be in every single game. So it was just always exciting for me just to to be there and then just to always be in a running for something. It was it was meaning meaning. That's the vibe when I I, I um, one of my one of my top schools was Penn State. So I went up there. I, I, I think I watched I watched two college football games. Actually, I think one was Iowa. And then You said one of your top basketball schools was Penn State? Yeah, man, I wasn't that I wasn't that big of a recruit, man. I couldn't yeah. go to any school I wanted, you know. Yeah, I mean? I was I, say, I, I had, you said you said Penn State, I was like, hey man, that means nah, that's football. <laughs> They football is like they they've been in, they've been up and down the last couple of years, but they basketball always been but yeah, but yeah, um, basketball been bad, man. But that was like the craziest thing. Like when I went there, I, like, I kind of like fell in love with Penn State football. Come like yo, it was like you said, like they, there was like one hundred and six thousand fans. All like it was a whiteout, and they, like like it it was just crazy. And for basketball players, like you're like it don't matter. I played the national championship my junior year in high uh, in college, and I think there was like seventy or seventy five thousand fans there, but like. And that was that was kind of dope, but there ain't nothing like a hundred thousand fans, <laughs> yeah. a hundred thousand of your own fans. Also, high yeah. school, yeah, yeah, school, 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 yeah it's crazy. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, yo, I was I low key, I was like, I want to go here just because of Penn State football, because like, yo, yeah. this is this is the like the wildest, um, you know, like sporty moment that I've been to, you know, at that point, and I'm just like, yeah, I can only imagine. Like be, like playing for something like this and having all of this at your back, it's. I'm happy it's, with it's it. Wild. I'm happy you went to Villanova, bro. Yeah, man, Penn State would have been real rough for me. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been tough out there, man. We're not gonna tough. be a lot of W's coming my way. <laughs> I don't know so, if you'd be. I don't know if you'd be wearing that sweatshirt right now. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so how you end up at Villanova? So um, so kind of like you so. Um, I was I, w- I wasn't crazy recruited, but I, I had a lot of offers. It came down to my top five was like um, 
Miami, Xavier, Penn State, Rutgers, and uh, Villanova. Um, I actually almost committed to Georgetown early, early because I was from the DMV. I loved what I loved Georgetown. Um, I decided to wait, and then it was like, yeah, I think this is the best fit for me. And you know, I, you know, my dad is very religious. My mom is religious. We prayed on it. Um, we meditated on it, and we just felt like Coach Wright and just the atmosphere that they had um, was, you know, was going to help me grow up not just as a person. I'm not just as a basketball player, but more so as a person. So I was like, you know what? I think this is the best for me. It's high character. His pedigree with guards in my position is um, is amazing. And I think no matter what, if I'm able to get to the league or I go overseas, I'm going to come out ready, you know, for the world and not just like, you know, go there for a couple of years. They did bounce, yeah. Yeah, they, you know, do whatever, win, lose, whatever, and go somewhere else. And now I'm just... I'm, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the bench somewhere in a bad situation. Like you said, everyone has, um, you know, challenges and then, you know, I'll handle those challenges well. The next thing you know, I'm in Istanbul, Turkey playing basketball. So, <laughs> so that, that's kind of, yeah. I think that, what's, what's cool too is like what Villanova is doing now, right? I mean, you, what, what they've done the last four or five years, I think you, you could safely put them up against any school in the country. They're officially a blue blood, like right there in the conversation with, Duke, UNC, Kentucky, but when you got Ohio there, State, when, Ohio, when, State. Ohio, Ohio State, sure. Ohio State. <laughs> uh, but uh, when you committed there and when you arrived there, I mean, don't get me wrong, Coach Wright had built a great program and they were good, but they weren't, uh, they but weren't yeah, blue no. blood, you know? Yeah, and no. so I think it's really cool to see the imprint that you and the, uh, that some of your classmates left on the program. I mean, during your four years there, what was, what was your record? It was something insane. It was like one, I think it was like one sixteen and like, 10 or something something like that uh something like, crazy like that that's crazy that's crazy yeah, i think i think our i think my class is like the second or third winningest class of like college basketball history something like that that's crazy yeah so it's yeah, that's crazy only only thing that i'm mad about villanova got fire gear and jerseys when we left yeah that's how i'll stay was. yeah man like that we <laughs> We want a chip. They want a chip two years after I left, and now they got, they yeah, they got like everything. eight jerseys. They got, like, elite kicks, PEs, and, like, Nike Elite, like, gold or whatever the heck that is. So <laughs> um, I'm just be looking. I'm, I'm, like, texting people in there. Now I'm like, yo, I need some shorts, some game shorts. I, I need, need this. Some. I, I need yeah, some. like, help me out. <laughs> so, but, um, Ryan, so when you were getting ready for, for the draft, talk about your – um, your your pre-draft process because we had I think we only had one other uh, football player on the podcast it was Todd Gurley and his his was uh, very limited because I guess it was yeah, right after an injury yeah, yeah so he just had like some meetings so talk about your you, know, you, you decided to leave you know after your junior year you had the great three years at Ohio State like, I, I'm going ready to go to the league talk about that process and did you know you were going to be a first round pick did you, did you have a feeling you were going to go to Pittsburgh or no, so so like I don't know how like with the basketball is, but um, like with, with football, like the thing that's crazy with me, my my pre draft process is that um, like before I left, like so it was like imagine March Madness, right? Because mm-hmm. March Madness, and I was like, I'm like, hey, Coach Meyer, I'm just gonna let you know uh, after this season, before March Madness, hey, I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> like I was like. <laughs> 
So our bowl game, I was like, hey, yo, hey, Coach Meyer, I'm just going to let you know before this game is over, I'm leaving. Because the reason I did that is because we – first of all, we went 24-0, and then we lost the game to go to the National Championship. Mm-hmm. So it kind of hurt the fact that we didn't win. Like, we didn't win. So we just playing a bowl game. And it was not for a championship. So I was just like, all right, well, I'm, 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 I just going to let you know I'm there. right now I'm leaving. So um, I had told him before. And then they tried to, like, convince me to stay, which is kind of cool, like, funny. But they tried to convince me to stay. And then um, I didn't think – I didn't know I was a for sure first-rounder, but I knew I was, like, at least second. And then so I went to IMG, and I trained there for a while. And I, I was I was doing really well, you know, and I, I kept – I was getting stronger, faster. I ended up getting the 240 pounds, two at 238, and then I was 6'2". And um, so we ended up having a, a – a, we ended up having a – like the, the pre-draft, like mock combine for our for IMG, and I ended up putting my hamstring, putting my hamstring there. So at the combine, you do a lot of meetings and things like that. And I did all this stuff, but I didn't run. Like I didn't do any running or I didn't do any drills. And so I pretty much all the linebacker stats that were like jumping, broad jump, uh, bench press, I was in like the top five or or, or number one. So, uh, so I, I ended up doing pretty good. The bench press, I, I did like twenty five. I, I think that I'll, I'm not. Gonna, it might have been top ten. With, cause how, how, much, how much is on the two twenty five? You know, my combine I had like one eighty five. I pushed about <laughs> eight, seven, eight times. You know what I mean? No, we gotta be strong out here, man. I gotta, I gotta push off three hundred pounders, bro. So I gotta, I gotta push off. I feel like people, at least in, in, in football, you're a little bit more beholden to numbers, right? Like people will look at what you do in the combine and they'll really project out like what type of player you'll be. Whereas I do yeah. feel like in basketball, like KD is a perfect example. Like I don't think KD got one rep on the on the bench. And you know? get one. Go out so, there and give you 30. 30 piece. And and he's dunking on people. Like I don't have to be strong to dunk on you. I don't have to be strong. Hey, nah, yeah, so I, I, I ended up doing like 20. Like if I would if I, if I would have went out there and did like four, they would have been like, oh, this is questionable. Like, he's fast, but he's not strong, you know? Um, but I ended, up, I ended up like pumping out like 25. And that was the most I ever did. I, the most I ever did was on combine day. Like, after that or before that, I never did anymore. Um, and uh, so, but since I but since I pulled my hamstring in that little mock combine, I didn't really get to run from my combine. So... All I did was meetings, and you normally when you you fly to other teams and do your meetings too. So I I just normally do meetings, and then about three weeks later we end up having our pro day. At our pro day, I end up running a four three, like and I mean like low four three, like four three two, four three six, and I end up pulling my hamstring while I ran my forty. So I was I wasn't able to do drills again. So like people weren't able to see me dropping coverage and things like they see it on tape, but. But I really felt my 40 – about my 40 jumped me from maybe being, like, late first round to, like, for sure, like, Ryan's going to be a first-round draft pick, like, 100%. And um, – but the thing is, I felt if I was even able to do more drills and people to see me do more, I think I would have went a little higher. I still went high. I went 15. But I thought I could have went a little higher, you know. And uh, so I did pretty good. And, but normally you'll fly to other teams and do drills at those teams. But since I pulled my hamstring – uh, my agent was like, Ryan, we're not about to make you do no drills. We know you're going – since you ran a 4-3, we know you're going first round. So, yeah, so so they was like, we know you're going first round, so, Ryan, don't even waste your time. Like, 
every time a coach is like, hey, do you think you about to do another workout? I'll just say, yeah, 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 yeah. Then when they think the workout's going to come up, you're like, hey, man, no, I'm not going to do it. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> so, I was, <laughs> so I was like, so I was like, all right, yeah. So like, there's like, you're doing another workout? I'm like, yeah. And then like towards the end of the year, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm like, I'm still working on my, 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 my hamstring and I just don't want to mess it up again before the season. So I'm not going to work out. And they were just like, and they was like, they was like, all right, because everybody knew I was the first round, and they just wanted to just go work me to death. So it was just yeah. like, so my agent was like, we're not about to do that. So um, I ended up going to the draft, and the thing that was kind of cool, like the, the draft was pretty cool because it was actually in New York at the time. Now they're moving it around, but it was in New York at the time, and, and I'd never been in New York, so you know I got to go to Radio City Music Hall and go see Times Square and things like that. So that was a cool opportunity, but I had. I had uh, put my suit on and everything. But the thing that's so funny about the draft is, uh, since I had ended up getting, like, my shoes were too small, right? So, like, the moment it was like, hey, the draft is about to start, so everybody's at the table. The draft is about to start. From that point on, I was like, I took my shoes off, and I was like, man, I'm not, I'm probably not going to get drafted until, like, 15, 16 round, like, pick, you know, so. Because like it was like Clowney is in my draft, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, uh, OBJ, you know. Yeah, that's a stacked draft. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's, it's a lot more. It's a lot more people. So, um, so I was just like, like I'm I'm just as good as these guys, but like when you just go based off of like college and stuff, some of these guys college, but my college was super good too. But it just I was like, man, like I knew Khalil, I knew Khalil Mack was going top five. I knew Sammy Watkins was going top five. I knew like uh, Connie was going number one. So it was just like, yeah. uh, even if I I could have did everything right, it was just they were born just genetically built like like <laughs> they were like they're like, yeah, they genetic freaks. So it's like you can't only it's only one person born like LeBron. Like there's only one person born like Clowney. I can't I can't you know I can't do anything about that. Yeah. Aaron Donald's but, a freak too, bro. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Donald, yeah, freak. So, so Aaron Donald went 12 in my class, and then I went 15. Then like you know Brandon Cooks and Odell went like 13. So like, so like we had a really stacked class. But so I was like, I'm probably not gonna go around 15. I'll probably be around there. So the whole draft going on, I'm over here walking around the green room with socks on. I'm like, my feet fucking hurt. So my fault, my fault for cussing. No, and, uh, good. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. I just I don't know. Some people podcast you can't. Nah, so nah, we all good. <laughs> all right, so so I walk around like, damn, my feet hurt. So then about like the 15th pick, you know, like the 14th pick, I'm like, I was like, man, I might be going around this time. So I started like putting my shoes back on. Literally me tying up my shoes, like boom, the Steelers called me at that moment. And I never thought I was going to go there because when I went to visit the Steelers as a team, the, the linebacker coach was like, hey, Ryan, like, man, you're a great player. You're one of the best players in, in, in college. But I honestly don't think we're going to, we don't need a linebacker. So we, most likely we're not going to draft you. I honestly don't know why you're in this meeting. That's what that's what that's exactly what my linebacker coach said. He's, he's like, he's like, I'm not trying to waste your time or nothing, but I honestly don't know why you're in this meeting because, you know, you you know, uh, like we I don't feel like we need a linebacker. And I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm not tripping, you know, like I'm in, like, I, I, I came to Pittsburgh, y'all asked me to come, I'm not tripping, so I was like, I'm here. So uh, so then they called me, and the thing I knew was Pittsburgh because. Uh, it was a four one two number, and I have like some teammates from Ohio State that were from Pittsburgh area. So I was like, "Damn, like four one two. So I picked it up, and it was like, "Hey Ryan, would you love to be a Steeler?" And I was like, "You damn right!" Like I, <laughs> of all teams, I'm like, of, like I, I was glad to go to the Steelers because 
like I didn't really like it didn't, I didn't really care about who I went to, but I was happy to go to the Steelers because they just have a really great track record when it comes to winning. Like you know, like just like just success. And um, so I was just really happy to be able to go there. And then uh, once I, once I got got there, you know, I just started diving in, man, and just gave everything I had. I feel like they've always been known for defensively just having like a bunch of dogs too. Like I feel like they're yeah. always just like you just never want to play them. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, we that's our that's our primary focus. Like we want to focus on defense, and then like, and then offense is going to be good. But we want to make sure our defense is good because defense win championships, especially in football. So, so obviously you went to Pittsburgh, had Pro Bowl year, had pro, you know two Pro Bowl years there, and then. Was it was it December is the 2017 game? Yeah. You went in for a tackle, got hurt. What what was what was going through your mind when you know in in that that moment? I'm gonna be honest. Like the, the biggest thing that I was going through my mind was like, damn, like what's going on? You know, because like, when you think of football, like you think of people getting hurt, but you never think of like when you think of sports, you never think of people. Possibly getting paralyzed. Yeah, so like, you, know, you don't think nothing major. It's a yeah, like torn you, ligament yeah, or right. twisted and ankle. And you think that's major, you know? Mm-hmm. So like exactly. Yeah. So like when I got hurt, I was like, "Damn, like what's going on?" I, I thought it was something like a stinger at a moment. And I was really the thing that was crazy is like I was more. I was like, I, I kept telling myself I'm gonna be all right. I was more worried. I had just bought my wife a dog, and it was like, yeah, I was on the field more worried about like, damn, like. I'm supposed to get, pick this dog up in the morning and I won't be hurt. Yeah, because I just got my dog, a, uh, I mean, a wife, a dog for Christmas. So I was like, damn, like, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, if I can't get up, like, who's going to get this dog? <laughs> you know, it's like, and I should be over here worried about, like, what the, what the hell is about to go on? And, um, no, but I just always told myself, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. And, you know, it was always tough. You know, the, the doctors at first, you know, they thought it was, um, a lot of them just didn't know what to expect. And then when you get a spinal cord injury, a lot of times people all just count you out from day one. Like the moment somebody see you paralyzed, they're like, oh, it's over. Like he's, he's going to be paralyzed, you know, like. And I just didn't want that for myself. And I just – I really just started grinding and working working my ass off every day since. And, um, and I, I really just been able to recover like crazy. And I'm just truly blessed for this. I think like when, when, when people have injuries like this, obviously everyone reacts to them differently, right? I think, you know, for some people there's maybe a period where it's just kind of fear and self-doubt. But it sounds like for you, at least what I'm hearing is like you just kind of attacked it right away. Like you just kind of went and did – were there periods either immediately or throughout the recovery process where you were like, I actually don't know if I'm going to be able to do this or was it always just I can do this? No, it was always pretty much like, hey, I'm gonna walk again. I'm gonna play football again. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get better, you know. Like, and I, like, it was definitely days I was like salty or like, damn, we don't feel like I'm getting better. But I, it was always in my mind I was going to get better, and I, I didn't want anything. I didn't want. I, and if you brought any type of ne- negativity around me, I didn't even want you around me because I, I just like, man, like my primary goal is to get better for my family, for myself. And if you don't feel that way, I don't. I don't want you around me. And, and that's that's just the type of energy I had the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now, so like you just you just touched on it a little bit. I want to see you can go a little bit a little bit more in depth um, with it. But like your, you know your your um, support system. Obviously, when you have no matter no matter what, whether you know your parents, wife, girlfriend, 
brother, friends, whatever, oh, you always have a support system, you know, yeah. high school, draft, um, pros or whatever. Talk about your support system in that, you know, in, during that rehab process. Because obviously, like you said, that's one of the, you know, the most important things that you had. Yeah, so the, the, I feel the my support system was just as important as me wanting to get better. Because when you're dealing with something like this, a lot of times it's your family's dealing with it also. And it was, it's almost like you become, it's not like you become very dependent on them. And it, 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 it's become very stressful for not just you, but them also. And they they just literally stood in there like a champ, man. They just, whenever I needed them, they supported me. Whenever I had off days or I would cut somebody out, they knew just because I was really going through something at the time. But I'm not gonna lie, they would probably cut me back out, but it was just more, but they but a lot of times when somebody's dealing with something like this, it's kinda like they they take they take it under the chin. Like they understand like, oh man, like that hurt, but I know Ryan is coming from a place that he's really hurting at this time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot like my family, they were always there for me and they 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 truly just were a blessing to me because I had so much support. Then I had support from the NFL, support from the Steelers. And just the community, and it was just—it really just made me feel good, and just understand that I have people having my back, and and allowed me just to continue to push forward. I was gonna say, it really—it seemed like the team, the team in the city, especially, like really rallied around you. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. It was, it was, I was just blessed and thankful, man. You know, because, um, like I literally just started the foundation and I launched it last. I launched it like right around the weekend of Thanksgiving. And, and it's for, like, people that's dealing with spinal cord injuries, you know. And, and a lot of times people don't really have the support and don't have the, uh, the care that I was given. So I, I, I wanted – and I hear, and I hear their, their cries for help. And, I just, and I, I just wanted to be able to give them the same support that I was given, give them the same type of help, and give them the same opportunity to be able to overcome such a tragic accident like the one I did. Yeah, and I think it's – not really talked enough about like mentally, like if yeah. you're, if you're given hope and you're given support, how much that can actually help the recovery process. Like if, if, if your head's in it and you wake up every morning, you feel like you know, you have people around you and like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like I can see it making, you know, the world a difference. And obviously you were blessed to have like amazing resources to help you kind of get through this. Um, but I think to then turn around and provide that for people who might not have those resources is like, I mean, it's super commendable. Yeah, so like when you're dealing with something like this, is it's an emotional side of things, a mental side of things, and a physical side of things, and all three of them are like are pretty much like a triangle. Like if one side is it has too much weight on it, then it just like everything is 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 jacked up. You know what I'm saying? And 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 uh, so that's why like I was just truly blessed because. You know, I was financially helped by a lot of people when it came to the Steelers and the NFL. They supported my rehab. But physically, I had to put in the, the work myself. But mentally, you're like, oh, man, this is really draining. It's like, it's, it's really draining. Like, some some of the things you just do, you're like, oh, man, come on. You know, like, I've been working my butt off, and it's just, it, it, it just, you're like, man, I wish, I wish I, I wasn't going through this in the moment, you know? And then once you say that, I wish I wasn't going through this in the moment, you have the mental piece, you know? So that's why like, I made this foundation to be able to help people deal with those things because sometimes people can do one thing, but they not they might not have the other two pieces of the power. They might not have the other piece of the bar, you know? And 
it's been it's, it's been a, a a crazy journey, but you know, God's really blessed me, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. So you know, obviously, you know, four or five months after your rehab, you were able to kind of walk across the stage, you know, for the NFL draft. So talk about you know how. You know, how, you know, was that moment for you? Like, how big was that moment for you, your support, your support system? Because I know for a lot of people, it was like, you know, just for me, for the outside looking in, obviously you see, you know, Pro Bowl player, and then, you you know, you see, you know, a, a tragic, you know, accident. I mean, a lot of people, they just mentally, they just, you know, they're, they're, they're like, it's, it's, it's done, they're, you know, they're done. But for you to kind of, you know, not listen to people, knowing you're going to walk again, doing you know and you put the work in and you know just five months after you know your rehab you did that oh five months after your injury you did that so talk about that how big that moment was for you now that, that moment was huge for me because it was a moment to show everybody that supported me hey thank you so much for your prayers thank you so much for supporting me and and i'm not done yet i'm, I'm still getting better but it was also a huge moment for me because it, it showed me that my hard work was actually paying off because Josh, you might know, like even when it comes to basketball, you might be trying to work on one thing every single day. And the thing is, it might not feel like it's getting better. Like it might not feel like it's getting better, but then you actually do it, or you actually might attempt it in a different situation where you're not actually practicing it, and you see, damn, this actually worked, you know. And that's like kind of how it feels when when I was going through it at the time. It was like, damn, like all this work, hard work is actually paying off, and like. Thank you, like thank you so much, God, for just continuing to bless me. And, and it was it was just a truly monumental moment for my family and, and a lot of people I've known. That's awesome, Ryan. I know that you made retirement official. I think it was in September. Um, I guess a couple of questions. One, I know, you know, you kind of mentioned that just from a young age, like you know, especially after you were diagnosed with alopecia, like football, you know, you just kind of took to it, and it became almost like a bit like an identity for you. So, you know, I think a lot of people sort of walk away from the game or are lucky enough to walk away on their own time. Whereas with you, it was a little different. So what is that, what is sort of, what has your post football life been like in terms of uh, like reclaiming your identity and, 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 and really redefining like who Ryan Shazir is? So yeah, my post football life, you know, uh, since I've got hurt tragically, uh, it kind of, you know, threw me in a loop really fast because I was in, I was in a position to start learning more about things that I truly like other than my sport. You know, so it kind of threw me in for a loop. But it's going pretty well right now. You know, I'm in the process of just doing a few different things, just learning uh, more and more about what I like. Like, I'm also doing a a podcast. Um, I'm on – I started my foundation because I definitely felt like there's a a lot of need for those around me. But then I'm also doing some other ventures. Like, uh, I'm part owner of a, you know, real estate company. Um, I'm part owner of a a few different companies. I have a – I actually have an e-sports team, you know. So, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a a part owner of that too. And and we're actually doing pretty well. We we have a Rocket League team that's doing really well right now and the Counter-Strike team doing pretty well. So, um, it's it's really exciting because I have my hands in a few different pies because I'm also just trying to see what I like, but – it's also just exciting just because I know that I, the things that I do like, they have a bright future, but it's just still just trying to see what I like as much as football. And uh, I know that's going to be a little tough, but I'm, I'm still in the process of finding it. Yeah. Well, I think the cool thing is like football is, is, is a medium, right? But it's like, what is, 
what does football, how does that make you feel? And then what, you know, what does it pull out in you? Is it, is it the, you know, the fact that you can get better at something every day? Is it the competitive nature? And so, yeah. you know, people like you, people like Josh, anyone who's been an athlete, you find other ways to channel that. And, and, yeah. and business is a really good way to do that. Yeah. So. And, I, and, I, and I've been learning that. So uh, the thing that's funny, me and my dad asked you about to jump on the call today pretty soon and uh, go over our goals for the next year coming up because that's something I used to do a lot of football. And I want to still just get back into that so I can just start focusing in on how to take that drive and put it back into my day-to-day life. Nice. Um, I know that you have to go soon, so I want to I want to be mindful of that. We finish our show with something called the Lighthearted 10, where we ask every guest the same 10 questions. Um, and it's sort of rapid fire, so you don't have to think, just kind of answer. But before we do that, I mentioned I went to I went to college in Pittsburgh. So I'm curious, amazing food town. Do you have a favorite restaurant in Pittsburgh? So my favorite restaurant in Pittsburgh is actually not like, I don't know if it's like a super Pittsburgh known thing, but it's a, it's a Chinese place here called Jimmy Wan's. Okay, it's, I haven't had it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really good Chinese food. Have you had Gaucho? Gaucho, it's a, Gaucho. It's like an Argentinian place in the Strip District. I actually heard about that place. You it's should go. Good. It's fire. Really right, good. Bro. And then right, pa- uh, and then Pamela's for breakfast. on the Yeah, I like, I like Pamela's. I like Pamela's. Yeah. Cool. So was I the only one that wasn't crazy impressed with Pamela's pancakes? No, 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 no. Like, they're good, but it's just like, you know, I, I, I see where you're coming from, from out of town, but, like, that's probably one of the best places here, you know, so that's why I, I thought the pancake was going to be, like, like, I heard, like, you know, like, yo, they're amazing. It's, I was it's like, like a I, they're yeah, like it's like a crate. I thought they were going to be, like, mad fluffy, and then they yeah. gave it to me, and it was just like, a, like, I'm like, what, what, is, what is this? I'm like, they ain't, there ain't no fluff to it. Yeah, nah, yeah. <laughs> the, one, the one um, Pittsburgh restaurant that I personally thought was kind of overrated, and I'm sure, I don't know, it's the same thing that, that you know, if you tell someone in California you don't like In-N-Out, but I didn't really like Primanti Brothers. I, for me, it was just like, I don't know. I didn't really see the hype. Yeah, Primanti Brothers is pretty good. It's just more, it's more of about what you like. You know, like some people like it, some people don't, but uh, I feel like they have a, a few good things that I like. And then I, I'm not a big coleslaw person, but I like yeah. uh, some of the other things they have. For sure. Josh, you want to uh, you want to kick it off? All right, but yeah, <laughs> the lighthearted 10, the first one is what's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, my biggest pet peeve is like people that don't listen to me when I like speak to them. Like, so my wife, she will be. Like if I'm like Michelle, 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 she just is like like watching TV and don't answer me because she does that. My son does it too, and he's like two, so it's like that's like my biggest pet peeve. Like don't like not responding to when I'm like talking to you. What's your biggest fear? I don't know. I think my biggest fear is going to prison, man. That's a fucking bag. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I've thought about that random time. Like, yo, bro, I can't, I'm not cut out for that shit. Yeah, yeah me neither, bro. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, I think mean, that's my biggest fear. I, I, I go to prison, bro. Like, I, I'm scared of sharks and all that shit, but like, no, nah, I'm good on that. Bro. Uh, I, I like my freedom. What What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, man. Uh, I used to like Rocket Power. Rocket Power is dope. But I like I like the red sauce. Childhood celebrity crush. Ooh, uh, I used to like J Lo. J Lo. J Lo still cold. That's an like, adult. That's an adult yeah, crush. Yeah, I used to like J Lo a lot. Yeah. Uh, what superpower would you want? I'm already super fast, so uh, man, that was hard. Uh, pro- 
Oh man, uh, I'll probably just be like the ability to to heal. The, I don't know. I'm about to say the beer to be able to heal yourself. <laughs> you got that already, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I don't know. Probably, probably just like to be able to go invisible or something. But I don't. Yeah, I'll probably go invisible. Um, if you could switch lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Because it's like it's people I would say, but then it's like, uh, I don't know. It's probably like somebody like Kaye or somebody. You'd meet Jeff Bezos with that with my wiring instructions. <laughs> we good, baby. We, we both gonna eat. Hey, nah, you right. Hey, you know, I'm about to, hey, Kyle, he can have my wiring instructions too. Man. He ain't that Facts. <laughs> um, all right. So, what profession? I mean, you're kind of kind of doing it already a little bit, but uh, what profession other than yours would you like to attempt? I would. I would definitely love like to attempt like basketball. But the thing is, if I play basketball, and I'm not even trying to be disrespectful with it, but I would definitely be like Andre Robeson, like straight <laughs> defense, like, straight lock up, lock up. Like, hey. and I, I might, I'm a bang on somebody for sure. Hey, but, I'll tell you, people get a lot of money for just a lock up. Yeah, just a lock <laughs> so up. Ain't a bad thing. No, nice. so you know what's crazy? It's crazy. Uh, for a fact, my wife, my wife, and uh, Andre Robeson and Jordan Clarkson all went to high school together, right? And um, and Andre Robeson was actually nicer in basketball than Jordan Clarkson was in high school. That was oh, for real? Yeah. And then she said, then everything changed in college. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's a bucket. Yeah, no, he's definitely a bucket, a bucket, for sure. Yeah, he's for sure. Um, who would play you in the Ryan Shazier movie? See, I would love The Rock, but he's too fucking strong, bro. Like, he's too fucking <laughs> That'd be strong. a good one. Well, you benched 225, like, 48 times. What you <laughs> <No>. mean? <laughs> bro, like, like, I want my I want my person to at least look, like, realistic. Like, he gonna be <laughs> out here looking like like he damn uh, D-Lime in that linebacker. I, I'll probably... So, I'll go with Will Smith. That's a valid point. I, saw, I ain't gonna lie. The, the Rock came to talk to us at, uh, when we were in L.A. for, like, our little genius series or whatever. And he ain't look. He had like a hoodie on or a jacket on. He don't look that big. We took that jacket off and had a dress shirt. And motherfucker was popping out of it. He was like yeah, this. Bro, I he, said, he, ah, yo, this dude don't look. <laughs> this dude don't he, look regular. He got to be on something, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, um, uh, next one is what's the title of the current chapter in your life? The transition. Perfect. Um, Very fitting. Uh, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive to heaven? <laughs> I was about to say something, but I can't say that. I was about to say, I was about to say, I was about to say, nigga, we made it. I was like, shit. But I say, welcome, my nigga. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, yeah, something like that, man. Uh, yeah, something, yeah, something like that. Nah, that's perfect. Well, we, we, I know we want to be mindful of your time. I know you got to, uh, you know, some plans that you're about to do, but we definitely appreciate you. <laughs> Hopping on the Light Your Hearted podcast. Um, it was good, you know, good talk. Definitely gonna have to have you on, you know, another time. But uh, I think the biggest thing that was like stood out to us was just like the whole time, obviously, you had a life changing injury, and the, your whole thought process was like, you know, what was not, not yourself, it was your people around you. And I think that's yeah. really, really special because a lot of people, you know, if that happened to, you know, even. Myself, I don't even know. I would, I would have been probably so consumed with trying to do things by myself, and you know, myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of yours. You're able to like 
use that to help other people. And obviously the launching of your foundation, you know, less than a month ago is just an amazing thing. So we definitely appreciate you hopping on. Definitely, um, you know, want to support you any way we can. Good luck with everything. And we got to get some Warzone games in, bro. Yeah, I was just about to say, man, we definitely got to jump on the Warzone for sure, man. Hey, let, let me know. I got your number now. So just text me text me your, your, your name on it and then we're going to get some games in. All right, cool, cool. Let Josh know if you ever need a ringer for your esports team. You know, all right. He can, he can all right. hop on the all roster. Right. I'm there. All right, yeah, hey. All right, all right. I'll talk to his squad and let him know. Cool. <laughs> all right, that's a bet. All right, appreciate awesome. you, my guy. Thank you, Yes, Ryan. sir. All right, man.